The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to Hats and Jacks, a fantasy baseball podcast. I'm Joe Galena. And as always, I'm joined by my man, Scott Chu. What's going on there, Scott? Not much. Just chilling here in my uh, Christmas dinosaur pajamas. I've got my uh, my breakfast cereal, Honey Smacks, in this little cup next to me that I've been snacking on. I am, uh, I am as mature as I've ever been here to yes, talk I, about fantasy baseball. I wish the audience could see you because they are very cute, those pajamas. Oh, they're they're great. There's a there's a little T Rex trying to put the star on the top of the tree, and he's got the little arms. It's beautiful. <laughs> That's okay. It's you have your you have your Christmas pajamas, and my Christmas tree up in my living room is still up. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, wife keeps on bothering me every week. When are we taking this down? When are we taking it down? So, so what are we doing today, Scott? Scott, as we're recording here on February twenty eighth, uh, it's about nine p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we're hoping that by the time our podcast drops, there's going to be a, a collective bargaining agreement in place. The negotiations are happening right now. Uh, the two sides have been meeting every day. Uh, I'll tell you, did you see Joey Gallo? Though he's he's preparing himself for just in case he needs to find a, a new career. Did you see he created a, a LinkedIn profile for himself there, Scott? I, I did not. I did not. <laughs> he listed his skills as striking out hitting into the shift and getting dressed weird so <laughs> I, mean, I love you, it when somebody could make fun of themselves oh yeah so, i mean you love a guy that's self-aware yes right? yes yes but uh yeah let, like i said let's hope that uh things work out and we get a uh or as close to a full season of, as possible maybe even a full season so hopefully when this podcast drops we already have a uh collective bargaining agreement in place. But what are we going to do this week, Scott? We're talking catchers this week. Don't get too excited, Joe. You're you're already, you're, you're up here. You know, you're like, you're way up. I need you to be down. Right. Like this this is, this is single catcher league catcher. All right. Let's, let's set the right tone for the people. We don't, we don't want to, we don't want to overexcite them about a position that may not be terribly exciting. Yeah, uh, well, we're talking baseball, so it's exciting. So, but you're right. I mean, I yeah, mean... stay tuned. Yeah, this is gonna be weird. Yeah, we're gonna have fun. We're gonna talk about baseball. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, like you said, man, you you really don't want to go beyond what what twelve, fifteen catchers, right? I, I, most of the people that listen to our podcast probably play what 10 12 team leagues right uh, we're dealing with you and I. We just started with a, the TGFBI uh, draft. Just started today. And that's a 15-teamer, two-catcher league. So if you play in a two-catcher league, why don't you petition your commissioner and tell him or her, please, make it a one-catcher league. Just add an extra utility spot. Yeah, like every time someone says, like, we should have two catchers, and I just think, like, yeah, but what if we didn't, though? (laughs) (laughs) And you'd be amazed at how effective that argument can be. Uh, Look, there there is a fun strategy in a way if you get the right kind of nerds together uh, doing some of this deep stuff. I mean, if you want to play deep, like if you want to be deep and do like, yeah, I want to know all the catchers go do like an only league and do catcher. All right. Like yeah. That'll, that'll get you digging deep. That'll get you, you. You're in a deep league when you're sorting the player pool 
by plate appearances, mm-hmm. right? You just want to see who, like, who on the waiver wire played. That's a deep league, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm, like, who mm-hmm. who's actually getting time? So we're we're gonna focus on single catcher, but like, be clear. Just to be clear, like, there's only two tiers that are terribly relevant in single catcher, and then you then you hit the wash. So after we get through the first two tiers, which isn't very many guys, uh, we're just we're gonna basically be talking about a bunch of guys that are all why nots. Like, yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's hard to hate any of them because like you're you're getting to the point where you're you know you're doing last round catcher drafting in single mm-hmm. catcher leagues. Yeah, after a while, it just seems that every catcher in the later tiers is like a I don't know maybe a, a twelve to 15 homer guy with a 240 to a 250 batting average, right? After a while, everybody just kind of settles into that kind of a production uh, potential. Yeah. But, uh, what, every you time know. you drop a tier, you just take another 10 to 20 points off the batting average and you're, yeah. there, you're there. Right, right. So uh, without further ado, why don't we start with the first tier of Salvador Perez, JT Riomuto, and Will Smith. So, uh, man, Perez, a couple of years ago, it looked like his career was going to be over, right? Missed the 2019 season. Uh, obviously, just went off last year. 48 homers, 121 RBI. His expected homer was 51.4 there, Scott. So, uh, average exit velocity was up by two miles per hour from 2020 to 2021. Clearly, Perez is the number one catcher in fantasy baseball. Yeah. And really the biggest thing he has that is actually going to be easier for more catchers to sort of catch up now that we're going to have the DH in the NL, but he also plays every single day. Yeah. Right? Very I mean, durable. Mm-hmm. When you, when you're looking at like auction calculators and things like that, Sal Perez sits ab- above head and shoulders above everyone else, because not only does he produce as a high level, he has another 50 to 75, even a hundred more plate appearances than his competitors. So especially with the replacement level of catcher being so low, when you have someone that plays every single day, it's just that extra value. And that's where, you know, I've got Sal Perez in the first tier. And if you look at ADP, you would consider him in a, in a tier by himself. But keep in mind that the, the ADP we have now is primarily two catcher league ADP, right? Mm-hmm. Like the NFBC that's all two catcher stuff. So um, it, it's really, I, I consider it all the, the first tier because those are the elite guys. Those are the set for, you know, set it, forget it. There is a 99% chance you'll never think about catcher again. If you draft someone in the first tier, Sal Perez being the one that you'll do first, because he's also like his batting line stands on its own as a hitter generally just because he plays the regular amount of games, he can get the counting stats. Whereas other catchers, you really have to focus on that per plate appearance stuff because they just don't get the plate appearances because 120 right. games. I mean, how many catchers qualify for the batting title every year? It's like six. Yeah. Based on plate appearances. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, JT Riomuto, uh played 134 games last year. And with the universal, DH maybe you know gets an extra 10 right 13 stolen bases from the catcher position last season uh he's been one of the top catchers in fantasy baseball for several years now uh 31 years old um what are you thinking about JT Real Muto I mean nothing that I didn't already think before right which is great I mean this is a guy who's, who's going to finish near the top of the catcher ranks and the thing about the universal DH that's why I've got JT Realmuto and Will Smith in the first tier with Salvador Perez because I think they can close some of that gap where if Sal sort of takes a step back a little bit from wear and tear on his body because he's played a lot of games, even as primarily a DH now, he still catches a lot. Um, you expect it's a tiny bit back there, and then you give another 20% of plate appearances to Will Smith and JT Realmuto in those J uh, in those DH spots, I think they can really close the gap and their consistency uh, is going to sort of make them as competitive for the number one fantasy catcher. Uh, they just need to stay within like 30 to 50 plate appearances to, to have a shot at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, projection models have uh, JT Riamuto hitting lower 20 home run totals and uh, 
double-digit steals, which you don't often get from a catcher. No, and in, you know, in head-to-head leagues, it doesn't really matter that he steals bases. The big thing about him is he puts the ball in play. And we're going to get to a point real fast at catcher where there's guys that get on base, but they don't put the ball in play. Mm-hmm. Um, JT Romero is one of those guys who does both. He gets on base at a great clip and puts the ball in play. Putting the ball in play is almost always better than a walk when it comes to guys hitting who hit third or fourth. And that's JT Real Muto. So I'm a big fan. Again, he's going to hit near top of the lineup. It's a good lineup. It's everything, you know, he's in a great position. He's done it before. Yep. He's, I mean, it's he's almost weirdly a bargain now because of what, what's happening with Sal Perez at draft price. Right, I'm finding right. myself almost targeting the JT Real Muto and Will Smith in ways I never thought I would because the Sal Perez tax happens and then people go, oh, well, I'll just wait on catcher. And I'm like, well, these two are still real good, right? Like yeah, we all yeah. still agree these guys are <laughs> these guys are elite catchers. So uh, in one in one catcher leagues, it's it's less important. But again, these guys will give you an advantage in, in your hitting stats. You will have a better you'll have a better hitter at the catcher spot than just about anybody else if you have one of them. So there's a real advantage there. Yep. And you just have to you just make sure you mock that, though. Make sure you do the mock drafts see what it's like to take the catcher early because you're probably used to taking a pitcher there and it can give you a, a bit of a different feel in the middle rounds. Yeah. And Will Smith uh, basically on his way, uh, the heir apparent uh, at 27 years old and uh, you know, had a breakout season last year, 25 home runs, uh, batted 258 and uh, most projection models have him hitting close to 30 home runs uh, with a pretty decent average, uh, you know, 255 to 265 or so. So uh, as, you know, Perez is 32 years old, JT Rimuto 31, they're not really showing any signs of slowing down, but Will Smith is kind of on his way up though. Yeah. And again, the the universal DH gives teams a a chance to let these guys be in the lineup without breaking their bodies down. Right. Everybody knows that catching is hard on the body. So it's great that, we have this, you know, we finally have this universal DH because these are these are some of the best hitters in baseball. And, you know, we want to see them hitting every day, not just for fantasy, but because baseball is fun when the best hitters are hitting. And that means Will Smith should be in the lineup darn near every day for the Dodgers. And now we can be. Right. Right. So now we get to tier two. And the first catcher in this tier is the uh, White Sox catcher, Yasmani Grandal. And I, you, you notice here, right, that he's basically going, you know, by the fifth or sixth round in 12-team leagues. So th- right after Grandal, it seems to the uh, it seems to take a little bit of a nosedive. There's, uh, you know, you wait a little bit because uh, Wilson Contreras is next. And you could typically, based on his ADP, it looks like you could wait till maybe – the uh, 11th or 12th round, but uh, Grandal uh, only played 93 games, had some injuries, uh, had a knee uh, injury. He actually had surgery in season, had surgery on his knee after the, the season. Uh, really good plate discipline on him, had more sh- walks than strikeouts last season, 420 OBP. Uh, but what do you think of a 33-year-old catcher who's had surgery on both knees at this point? I think that he plays for the White Sox. He's going to hit in the middle of that lineup, right? Um, You know, his batting line is a little deceptive because for a while he could not hit for any power. I mean, he was walk or out only for a while. It was really bizarre to start the season. So the fact that he rounded out that, you know, that batting line at all is pretty impressive. You know, one thing, if you've been watching sort of like the way drafts have evolved over the last month or so, because you're a huge nerd like me and, and you've just been doing this enough. Yet, Yasmani Grandal was always like, when he went in the early mocks, I, I know I took him in the pitcher list mock and all these other things. It was always like, oh, good pick, because it was in like the 10th, 11th round. Because when you were looking at stats, you didn't have projections yet. And so you were kind of sorting by who did the best last season. And Yasmani Grandal got buried a little bit because he didn't play all that much and he was ineffective for a while and then he was hurt. And so like you'd pick him late and I'm like, oh, good pick. So he's been, <laughs> he flies up draft boards and people, it still happens. You pick it now, you pick him in the seventh and people are like, oh, good pick because it is right. Like I, I, I still think that's a good value there if you're prepared to take a catcher. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, he kind of sits at the top of this tier because I guess he's as sure of a thing as the rest. And he's got a bit more upside because, you know, in a full season, he could hit 30 home runs. He could have a 350, 360 OBP, right? Yes. That, like that's something that, you know, we're pretty much out of hitters who are going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, playing catcher, I, I can think of maybe like one more, but he needs, you know, there's maybe like one or two more on this list that could do that, but they need absolute peak outcome. And that's, you know, that's actually more of like a 70 or 80% outcome for Yasmani Grandal. So that's the top of tier two, I guess. I mean, it's still definitely a catcher where you're not thinking about you're you're taking on a little risk, but the idea is you're not worrying about catcher anymore this season. This is your catcher unless they're on the IL. Right, right. Um, and we mentioned uh, Wilson Contreras, Cubs catcher, uh, expected to, according to projection models, a little over 20 home runs, mid-20 home run power, yeah, 240, 250 batting average, uh, had a career high both in walk and strikeout rate and career low in batting average last season. Missed a month uh, with a knee injury. You got to wonder if uh, he might be moved before the season's over if the Cubs continue to clean house. I guess so. And I also just wonder if I'd even care. Like how many teams have like a catcher so good that they would stop Wilson Contreras from being the primary catcher? Oh right? no, you're right. Like, he's going to be yeah. <laughs> so, so like he can kind of go anywhere, and it's not like the Cubs have such a good lineup now that he sort of. I mean, he'll lose plate appearances because he won't necessarily hit in the middle of another team's order, but he'll hit for it. You know, the only teams trading for him are contenders, so he's going to get. He would get some kind of improvement to his lineup or his counting stat situation one way or another. So yeah, I mean, I like Wilson Contreras. I mean, really. Again, he he's a little more of a sure thing too. He's just not that exciting, and you know the the end of this tier, like you know now that we've talked about the that first five, the Sal Perez, JT Realmuto, Will Smith, Yasmani Grandal, Wilson Contreras, those were the sure things, right? Those were the, well, those were the sure things that are good things, right? Those are the ones where we know what they are and we know that it's good, right? There's a plenty of guys that like we know what they are and it's bad, but those are the ones where we know what they are and it's good. And now already we're at like, well, we need some things to go right. And the bottom of this tier, like Dalton Varsho, I really like that he can get on base. I really like that he's got some speed. Uh, I think that he's overvalued in drafts right now because you're looking at NFBC ADP where steals are king and it's a two-catcher league. So Dalton Varsho is a guy that you can dump all your money on. But mm-hmm. like, you know, he's he's got upside and he can play a lot even before the Universal DH he had a chance he was going to play in the outfield some too, probably yep. he's kind of like an outfielder who can also catch uh, sort of like an Eric Haas, except much, much better. Right. So uh, he, he can do that and he, he's going to have some good spots in the lineup. He had a weird year batting, but again, towards the end of the season, he really cleaned up that plate. you know, that really, he really cleaned up that plate discipline. So again, a lot of things to be excited about, but again, in a single catcher league, especially in head to head categories where stolen bases just don't matter as much. Uh, like getting 10 stolen bases matters in what 10 matchups of your 20 something. And it's only one stolen base, which might not even matter anyway. Right. Stolen bases just don't get the premium like they get in a uh, league like NFBC where it's Roto with an overall, whereas there, mm-hmm. there's the absolute maximum on value in stolen bases. So again, we're going to see this ADP really shift when we start seeing the, you know, after an agreement is finally made and we start seeing the public league data start swarming in where, catcher can be you know people wait on catcher but Dalton Varsho is someone to be excited about and I think he has more potential than some of the other young Nate like some of the really the guy who we're going to talk about in the next year he's more exciting than I think some of the other young guys getting a shot because I just think he's a little more of a sure thing he, mm-hmm. I you know, we were excited about him last year and we're still hyped on him even though he kind of had a rough year because we saw the growth happen. We saw him make yep. the adjustment with the plate discipline. We saw him take the yes. walks and now we sort of see how he can get on base and, and maybe run a little and do the things he needs to do to be a useful fantasy uh, catcher, which again is a low bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just to put uh, some numbers on, on what happened to him last year, like, like you said, got off to a real slow start, got sent down to the minor leagues. At one point, his K rate had spiked, close to 31 percent but by the end of the season it was down in the low 20 range and really finished the season strong in his last 57 games 
uh, hit 10 home runs and uh, batted a 294 and uh, stole three bases. So yeah, a lot of people are excited about him. And, uh, you know, I get it. You know, it's not often that you see uh, a catcher who's also eligible at outfield who's going to steal bases for you. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of a season he puts together. But uh, he finishes off your tier two there, Scott. And tier three uh, leads off. Uh, he's your seventh overall. And he's another exciting player for the Nationals, Kiebert Ruiz, a uh, young catcher. Yeah that the uh, Nationals got in the deal that sent Scherzer and Turner to uh, the Dodgers. Yeah. And like, I, I, I'm excited about him, right? I think he's going to get a chance to play. He, he's not going to steal bases, which is something that is, is going to give, especially when you're running these auction calculators, something that's going to push like a VAR show up into this clear tier above like, uh, like Ruiz is, is, are those stolen bases? Ruiz, I mean, he's got power. He's got a pretty good hit tool as well, which is something I always like. He's actually, his power is more like doubles power. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, it, they project him for 20 home runs. And I mean, he did hit uh, over 20 home runs in the minors last year. So I know he can do it. So it's something that's really um, been, you know, it was surprising to me at first, but he really, you know, he really turned it on, puts a lot of balls in play, like a surprising amount. It, it, I thought we'd talk about it more, but I mean, you know, Alejandro, uh, Alejandro Kirk, a guy we'll talk about later, is someone who talks about, you know, he's an extreme, like, Willens Astadio, Luis Arias kind of guy. Um, it, Ruiz is not quite that extreme, but it's pretty close. I mean, he's got, like, David Fletcher-esque type contact numbers. 88%, per- 88% contact rate in 96 plate appearances. That's pretty yeah, damn and good. Just, <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know, low walk rate, very low strikeout rate. And that's something, you know, at catcher that matters putting, again, mm-hmm. putting the ball in play matters. And it's one of the few ways, especially if you're in a points league, it's one of the few ways that catchers can actually help you because especially in points leagues that have like strikeouts as a negative, it's really hard to find catchers that aren't just crushing you every week. Right. Like right. Mike Zanino is not in your player pool in the, in those formats. So like you can't, you know, there's not, there's not a whole lot of places to get value. He's someone that I like, again, he doesn't steal bases. So his floor is a lot lower, especially if he can't quite find the power in the major leagues that he found in the minor leagues last year, uh, which is, you know, a potential issue. But again, guys with a good hit tool can sort of outperform their uh, power projections in some ways. I mean, Ozzy Albies was a good example of this. We thought he'd be like a 10 home run guy. And that hit tool took him to a new level in the pros, because if you can square up a ball, they're going to send it with enough velocity for you to kick it a real long way. And, you know, again, contingent on him keeping an everyday job, which I don't see why he won't. He can be, I think he can be a difference maker, but again, not a sure thing. And we're already getting to the point where the line is good for a catcher. It would not play at any other position at all. Like even Mm -hmm. Varsho is never going to be your outfielder should never ever be your outfielder There's like the number of instances where it's acceptable for Varsho to be in your outfield in a 12 team league are like one because you drafted right. really funny. You did something right. super goofy. I don't know what happened. And like you ended up with this auto draft team that had six catchers. <laughs> right. And, and you're just trying to pick up the pieces. Okay. Like that, that team, you know, you can start Varsho at catcher or at outfield until you get your stuff together. Mm-hmm. But eventually, um, yeah. yeah, we're already past that. Fifteen so team league where you starting five uh, outfielders, maybe you know, just kind of borderline. <laughs> because but, because you got injuries and and yeah. you had a, there was another catcher out there that's viable for a week, right? You got uh, you know you you you're streaming a guy who's got like at Colorado for four games or something, and mm-hmm. you're just really in a pinch. And you forgot that waivers ran on month, you know, on Sunday night kind of thing. Like again, still we're already talking extremes because like the ceiling on runs and RBI combined is like a hundred. Right. That's it. I mean, we're, we're just, you're just not going to see a whole lot more than this unless he really breaks out. And even then that'll be a struggle because he's going to hit towards the bottom of this lineup. This lineup's not that good. So before we uh, move off of uh, Kiebert Ruiz and, and we finish talking about Dalton Varsho, one interesting note I uh, just wanted to bring up, you know, we talked about the great contact rate that Kiebert uh, Ruiz had. 
listen to this, 41.4% O swing rate. That's swinging at pitches outside the strike zone and an 87% contact rate on those pitches that he's swinging at outside of the zone. League average uh, for O-swing rate is 31.3. League average on contact rate on those pitches that you're swinging at outside the strike zone, 62.4. So uh, pretty special yeah, hit he's to He's swinging it. a cricket bat out there. Right. Like yeah. he, he's got, he's got the fungal, he, like he's putting it, like he's putting the wood on everything. Right. Again, yeah. very much like a Willens Ocedillo, but with more upside because there's more power upside here. Mm-hmm. Like those guys were never going to hit 20 home runs. Keeper Ruiz could, could, right. Like right. there's a universe where next year he's like sort of at the top of, you know, in the middle or top of that tier two. Right. Yeah. But you know, he does need a lot of things to go right. And he needs to show that power because if he if he can't show that he can consistently hit like you know he can, if he can't slug four fifty, um, it's going to be hard because without the home runs, it's just contact at the bottom of an okay lineup, and that's mm-hmm. again that's like a streamer. That's that's a you know maybe he'd become like a tier two and a half. Like that's not the ceiling we want here. We want to see that power. It needs to be more than doubles, which is all that guys like Asadio and what might be the case for like Alejandro Kirk. That's what keeps them lower on the list is that they don't have the power upside that Ruiz has. I'm just worried. I mean, we're going to talk about Kirk later. I'm just worried about Kirk uh, getting enough at-bats, like getting more than 300, 350 at-bats because of Danny Jansen uh, being so much better of a defensive catcher. But we'll we'll talk about that in in a few minutes. But uh, Ruiz, 9.4% K rate. I'm optimistic on him. I think he's going to develop – into a real nice catcher. And I think he's going to develop some power. So we'll see. But point well taken on on your part. Tyler Stevenson comes up next in your rankings, number eight overall. First base catcher, uh, eligible uh, for the Reds. Uh, Should get plenty of playing time with Tucker Barnard now uh, on your team, right? And also with the Universal DH. Uh, Not going to hit for a ton of power, especially with a 25% fly ball rate. But again, another guy with above average contact skills, 10.2 walk rate, 18.2 K rate. Yeah. And I mean, he's, he's a big guy. Like there's, there's more power in this bat. If you could ever get the ball off the ground. Right. right? Uh, but you know, he is going to see very, very many. I don't know if it'll be quite every day. Cause Cincinnati has plenty of other folks. They'd rather probably shove in the DH spot every once in a while. <clears throat> Eugenio Suarez. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about Eugenio Suarez every uh, and uh, Runyet Odor uh, every podcast episode. I'm just going to bring yeah, them up I mean, at least yeah, once. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I stopped on Tarek. I stopped on Badu. Give me this, Joe. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta have this. I could. We did. We didn't win our award. Just let me talk about Eugenio Suarez one more time. I mean, we got to share an award, but we didn't win it. It's okay. I love this team. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, so I like Stevenson. I, I think that he's going to hit you know, in an okay spot for a catcher, right? I think he could hit sixth, you know, maybe fifth if someone's banged up uh, on a Reds lineup that, you know, especially playing at home, can score a lot of runs. He can sure. hit some home runs at home. He's a former first-round pick. We just yes. we really want to see that, that. That power really just needs to happen. and It needs to happen by getting that ball off the stupid ground. Yes. And he can start looking more like some of these other guys because he, he has really good play discipline. Right. He really cleaned that up. We saw it was a really nice showing, I think, last season, that 286 batting average, 402 mm-hmm. plate appearances. Uh, and he actually should see even more than that this year. This is a solid catcher. But, you know, the thing about being in a 10 or a 12 team league with a single catcher is there's going to be times where the guy on the wire, it looks better that week than Stevenson. And you need to decide if you want to go down that, you know, go down that slope of streaming catchers because Stevenson is just like we're in this tier we're sitting barely like on or barely above that line right like early in the season you're probably just going to ride Stevenson but by the end of April you very well could be streaming catcher because Stevenson's slumping and if he's Mm -hmm. only hitting 230 you got to let him go because the upside isn't that great right um and at this point within we're still in tier three but you kind of draw a line here because Based on his ADP, it looks like in a 12-team league that he's going to be going, Stevenson will be going uh, somewhere around the 11th round. But the next guy that you have uh, on your rankings, Travis Darneau, uh, based on his ADP, it looks like in a 12-team league he goes in the 17th round. And uh, 
he had a bit of a tough year last year, missed uh, over three months due to a torn thumb ligament, hurt my fantasy team, unfortunately. Uh, but the Braves uh, like him. They, they gave him an extension, signed him to a two-year extension last August. Uh, had a pretty good World Series, 292 batting average and two home runs. 33 years old and another guy who the DH is going to help uh, some, right? Yeah, and they like to bat him like fourth, right? Mm-hmm. This is like yes, this is a like playoff caliber yeah. team. With or without yeah. Freddie Freeman, this is a team that can go a long way. And they'll bat him fourth, right? They'll stick him right in the middle of that lineup as a right-handed bat. Uh, and, and having the DH is just going to give them more opportunities to do that. So the thing with, you know, Darno, yes, in a two-catcher league, there's a tier break here, right? The tiers are structured differently in like the 15-team two-catcher because the the viability is more expansive because replacement level so low. But now, like, Darno's already replacement level, right? So, like, yeah, like, all it really kind of calls out is at 15-team, two-catcher league ADP, Tyler Stevenson makes no sense because is he really projected to be that much better than a Travis Darno? No, right? Projections are going to tell you no, and even upside is going to tell you probably not, right? These are pretty similar outcomes. Maybe an OBP like Stevenson's a, a bit safer because he does walk more. Um, but these, I mean, we're already getting to the point where you know, if if I find out, you know, if Darno is going to Colorado, if Darno is on the wire and he's going to Colorado for four days, and you've got Stevenson and he's going to face the Mets and Degrom's healthy, are you telling me you're not making that cut? Tell me you're not making that swap. I'm I'm doing that every time. Mm-hmm. I'm making that move every single time. So, like, yeah, the ADP in two catcher leagues, that's not a decision you get to make because Darno is never on the wire in that format. But in a twelve teamer, yeah. like, it could happen. That that's a realistic thing that could happen three weeks after opening day. Yeah. Um Mike Zunino is next on your rankings. He's uh your tenth ranked catcher. And basically, I mean, he, he just had, when it comes to power, an amazing year last year. Uh 33 home runs in 375 plate appearances, unfortunately uh, only batted 216. Basically, at the plate, it's all or nothing, right? Home run or bust. Uh, you know, a 30% home run to fly ball rate last season. A little bit, uh, I'd say that's unsustainable. Uh, but uh, I guess he's going to have to regress and uh, maybe 20 to 25 home runs. The thing about him is, is that he's going to get his at-bats uh, because he's a really good defensive catcher, really good at handling a pitching staff. First of all, what do you mean only 216? That's the second best batting average of his career in a, <laughs> in a single season. Joe, give the man his due. That is the yeah, second did, yeah. best batting average of his yeah. career, 216. His, he's a career 202. He over, yeah. I mean, he overdid it. He went way over the top. Well, he overdid it in 2017 when he batted 251. Might as well batted 350. (laughs) Yeah, only 216. This guy's dying for 216. (laughs) But, but, I mean, so, in again, these rankings are geared towards head-to-head. What I like about head-to-head is batting average is real fluky in head-to-head because it's week-to-week batting average, not full-season batting average, right? And you can have a bad overall batting average team and win a lot of batting average matchups because of sheer dumb stupid luck. Because here's the thing, Mike Zimino does not hit 216 every week. He actually hits like he hits like 22 for like for 3 weeks and then hits like then basically bats 1000 for a week with six like with six dongs, right? It's amazing. And that's just Yeah, like a lot does. of uh, power hitters they're just very very streaky. Yeah, yes. He, mm-hmm. He's incredibly streaky because he's a, he's a free swinger and sometimes he sees the ball good and sometimes he doesn't. But it doesn't matter because he's a good defensive. He's a good defensive catcher, and they they bat. I mean, he gets enough that like he's he's going to be a contender for like he'll he'll be in like the top five in RBI for catchers because he'll have more than fifty, mm-hmm. right? Like like so he'll get these counting stats, and so in in a draft where you already found yourself punting batting average, or you already are going to struggle with batting average in a head to head, you don't necessarily need to worry as much about making it up if you can just build on the other strengths, right? Strength and power, strength and RBI, win those categories instead of trying to salvage one or two extra weeks out of a category you're going to keep losing in anyway. Yeah. Um, and Zunino's got uh, Francisco Mejia backing him up uh, 
former top prospect for the Cleveland. They used to be the Indians, now they're the Guardians, right? And uh, played for the Padres. Uh, but like I, I said, I mean, I, th- I think that Zunino is going to continue to be the primary guy there. No, I mean, it's it's the his defense and the handling of the pitching staff. If Mejia was what they wanted him to be, he wouldn't be on another new team, right? Like he'd be yeah, third team, yeah, third be that team. Catcher yeah. of the future, he was supposed to be all those times. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. he's he's a good backup, but this is you know Zanino is is the catcher for this team, generally speaking. You know more often than not, mm-hmm. because you know his bat. I mean, there will be times when his bat's so bad that he'll sit a little more often than he should, and then there will be times that he'll override the platoon because he keeps you know he keeps stroking doubles. Right. All right. So I think we should take a, a short break here. Next couple of guys we're going to talk about. We, we did the, the top 10, Scott, and uh, next couple of guys um, actually had a bit of a power outage uh, after uh, putting up some big power numbers uh, previously in their career. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the uh, 11th and 12th top catchers on your rankings uh, we'll even talk a little Gary Sanchez. I know you like to talk Gary Sanchez. We'll do that right after this. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PO Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show And we're back on Hacks and Jacks. Joe Galena, Scott Chu, breaking down the catcher position in fantasy baseball. And we're up to, we're still in tier three. There's a big tier there, Scott, right? Um, And we're up to uh, your 11th ranked catcher, Omar Narvaez uh, for the Brewers. He has a 240 NFBC ADP, 30-year-old catcher. Came uh, actually had a, a nice bounce back season, um, 31 point, 31% 2020 K rate dropped back down to near his career norm of 19%. Uh, and his batting average jumped from 176 in 2020 to 266 last season. Uh, as I mentioned, he had kind of a little uh, power outage last year, 22 home runs in 2019, uh, but, uh, 2019 was just the, the year of the happy ball, right? Uh, but ha- had 11 home runs last season and a 9.5 expected home run total. So, um, you know, he, he did tell off as the season progressed, but I think at his core, he's more of, of a 15 homer guy. Yeah, sure. I mean, really the biggest thing, I mean, everyone knew, I mean, not everyone, I guess, but going into 2020, like, this was the Omar Novaez was the trap, right? Like you weren't, you weren't putting in a lot of draft capital for the 20 home runs. You were thinking though, you were going to get the good batting average and he underperformed by a hundred, right? So last season, what I really liked seeing was the batting average came back up, play discipline looked a lot like it should. And so now he's this, um, I mean, he's the downside to what Kiebert Rui, uh, you know, what Kiebert, wise could be right like this is the downside right the low teens home runs and the 250 to 260 batting average right we want him you know we want the guys in the tiers above this to be better and this represents sort of the downside and just like we talked about with third base there's a really big tier here and what that tells you is it kind of doesn't matter anymore you're in the wash you're in the any of these guys could end up being the top of this tier I truly believe that any of these guys could be at the top, 
right? Like it really could because there's just not that much that separates them, right? A hot streak here, uh, you know, a couple gusts of wind there. You're looking at, you know, another Omar Narvaez finishing as a top three catcher in 2019 or whatever it was, right? Like that's where we mm-hmm. are in these rankings. So you're pick, you know, what I'm not going to, I'm not going to be like, oh, just don't even worry about it or pick the one that's taken last. That's one strategy, but more realistically, Find like two or three guys in this tier that you like. Make sure you get one of them if you don't get someone better. I mean, that's really what you're right. doing. And there's a good there's a good reason Omar Nevarez might be that one, especially if you're in like a points league and wants a guy who puts the ball and play more. But you, I mean, yeah. again, Mike Zanino is not viable in that format. But Omar Nevarez really is. I think he's going to get the lion's share of the of the at bats at catcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Um, and you followed him up with. Uh, Red Sox catcher Christian Vasquez, another guy who, uh, you know, 23 home runs in 2019, like everybody else, just went crazy with the home runs. Uh, last season only had six, uh, but he actually stole eight bases. He's probably one of the last catchers on, on the uh, rankings here that uh, you could get, you know, a handful of, of uh, stri- uh, stolen bases from. Yeah, and that's and that's cool. It was really disappointing. Um, I really thought that the power was going to keep going, that we had like a, a 15 to 20 home run guy here. He flashed that power, you know, 20, 2020, he did it. In 2019, he had it. And 2021, it just kind of fell apart. It, it sort of showed that maybe the X stats kind of knew what they were talking about and mm. that he had been a little fortuitous. Um, I do think he's better than that. Like, I think he, he is, again, he sort of sits on that streaming line, right? He doesn't strike out a ton. The batting average is going to be quite safe. He's not going to hurt you there. He will steal some bases. That helps make up for the lack of upside in the other categories. He's going to play most days at catcher. Um, he's he's fine. He's fine, Joe. He's just yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, good contact hitter. <laughs> good contact hitter. Uh, 84.4% last season. Uh, yeah, I think his days of, of, of being a, a power hitting catcher uh, gone. Exit velocity has fallen off. Uh, hard hit rate, the one tracked by Fangraphs, really has gone down 33.6 in 2019, 22.7 last season. But he's fine, right? He's fine. He's fine. Yeah. This is fine. What about Mitch Garver? Is he fine? He's a guy that could hit some home runs, right? I, I mean, again, again, there's upside here. Like, what if there's some injury? Like, what if, like, how weird would it be for us to get a report and and maybe we'll bring back if, if when spring training's back, we bring back math, the mechanical adjustment tracker for hitters, right. Uh, that we had last season that sort of gave us updates on things we find out. Would it be that weird if we heard Christian Vasquez had a nagging hip, shoulder, rib, uh, hamstring, neck, goiter, pain, I don't know, thing going on that took his power away. And all of a sudden he comes back and slugs 450 again. Right, like would that, that be happen. that? Sure. Mm-hmm. Be- because like you, you see, you sort of like see this drop off. You're like, huh, that's weird. Is that like was he a fraud or was it injury? And and you, if you hear it's an injury, all of a sudden it's a brand new narrative. So with you know with so with Vasquez, I mean, what if he's a 15 home run, eight stolen base guy? All of a sudden, that's what we wanted Varsho to be in the first place. Right, right? he's Varsho. Sudden, yeah, <laughs> right. And he's hitting just awesome. <laughs> we're, we're, we're back in business. And Mitch Garver, remember when he hit 30 home runs? Like, there's a there's a Todd. Now, the common denominator here, the common denominator is they all hit these uh, milestone home run totals in 2019. But you're yeah, right. right. I mean, well, look. I mean, <laughs> but you, but you're right. I mean, there could be other. You know, like Vasquez. If you look at his 2020 numbers. You know, uh, if you average them out like for a full season, it yeah. would have been, if you project them out, they're like, you know, low 20, uh, what, 14? Yeah, around 20. Te- so. High teens. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, if you give them like the sort of the, the automatic catcher downgrade kind of thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But but again, that, that's Garver. He could hit 25, like again, 25, 30 home runs. Sure. Bad batting average like, or, you know, okay batting average. Sure. Right. Um, They, you know, he was in that platoon with Jason Castro and everyone, here's the thing though. When when Mitch Garver was being drafted as like the fifth overall catcher in 2020 or whatever it was, it was mm-hmm. because people thought that they were going to let Mitch Garver play full time. Let me tell you something. They were not dragging the the husk of Jason Castro <laughs> out onto the field every time a tough right hander was up uh, or whatever to, you know, because Mitch Garver needed a blow. Right. It's because they they were very the, the twins had no desire to um 
to like have an everyday catcher. They were going to platoon their catchers. That's what right. they're going to do. And again, we talked about it on other episodes. They have a weirdly full roster. So yep. like, it, which gives, you would think would give Garver a better chance to like get everyday playing time, but they're going to have to carry two catchers anyway. So they're probably just going to play them both. Jeffers, Jeffers is, is the guy that's going to take uh, a chunk yeah, yeah. of his time Young away. Guy. Young guy, yeah, so good it, defensive catcher. Yeah. Not, and again, not because he's not because he's all that good, but because because they can, right? Mm-hmm. Because they can, and because he's pretty good defensively. And Mitch Garver yeah, hasn't huge. been consistent. Like Miss Mitch Garver will have to win that job enough to win it win it pretty handily. And even then, he still doesn't play more than three or four games games a week because they'll right. still sit him in certain situations because that's just what they do because they have a weirdly full roster and they're never going to DH him. Yeah, Jeffers it's Jeffers like actually hit fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Jeffers actually hit 14 home runs in 85 games last season, but batted 199, so go figure. (laughs) Um, Alejandro Kirk uh, next for the Blue Jays. I kind of alluded to, really, I love his hit tool. Uh, I'm just worried about him getting enough at-bats in this loaded lineup, too. And you got Danny Jansen, who's going to steal some time from him, too. He's the the better defensive catcher. And he's not... Jansen doesn't really have an empty bat either, you know? I mean, it's not good, but um, no, yeah, again, Kirk is a big, big hit tool guy. I mean, I shouldn't say he's big. He's 5'8", 265, right? I mean, he's he's a big, I mean, he's he's a fella, right? Like, he's yeah. he's round. Yeah. Uh, he is, he's large and in charge, but not very tall, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. so, uh, I, I mean, I like Kirk. I, I do think playing time's a big deal. Right, especially if he struggles at all, the Blue Jays have absolutely no need to be patient with him. They can let Jansen go in and be uh, a good defensive catcher, like much better than Kirk. And like Kirk is also uh, really slow. Like tw- I-, I forgot that they did twenty grade speed, right? Because the guy's two sixty five, five eight, and is a catcher, right? Like that's not easy on the knees, that body type and position, right? Like that's right. that's rough. So um, he's. You know, obviously a professional athlete and a fit human being, but uh, I do think the projections might be a little rosy on playing time, especially if there's any kind of struggle. Mm-hmm, what what mm-hmm. does get me, I mean, just one thing to notice. I don't know what you want to take away from it, but number one, um, <laughs> Steamer projects him for two stolen bases, and that's not even the weirdest thing they project, right? Because they project a <laughs> 282 batting average, which mm-hmm. is you know really impressive and way higher than the others. So it's always interesting when you see one of these projection systems do something way different. It just gives you a reason to think like, why, what do you see that no one else sees? What are, I'd be probably, I'd even be considering going through some of the batted ball projections that they do just to see what's different. Mm. Like, do they project a better fly ball rate? Is it a line drive? It's something interesting that you want to see, but also like he's like, I'm really rooting for him deep down because he's Willens Ostadio again. Right? Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was always one just, of my favorites. You know, yes, yeah. Yeah, just you know, he's he's gonna run hard. Uh, he's gonna play hard. It's just I don't know. Again, they have no need to be patient with him, which mm-hmm. is which is rough. You mentioned Steamer. I I feel that Steamer, at least this season, uh, or maybe I'm just noticing it. They just seem to be a lot more optimistic on some players than than the other projection systems. Even. Uh, if I remember, I think they were more optimistic on Gleyber Torres than than other uh, projection systems. So uh, you know, um, I don't I don't I don't know what they're doing over there. But uh, uh, to me, the voice of reason is uh, Ariel Cohen's projection system, the ATC. I, I just love the fact that he just uh, you know meshes all of them together and then puts his little secret sauce into it. And I kind of yeah. trust his. I don't know. Yeah, and to be clear, like he's. And he'll, he'll tell you, he's not a projector, he's an aggregator. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, he, yeah. Yeah. he averages and, out and he, he's everyone else. And and that's what, it's what makes it really cool, and it sort of helps balance out some of this noise. It gives you this really nice baseline, right? Like, if you're doing your own rankings and you really want to do it on your own, using, using ATC's auction calculator results with your league settings is a great benchmark. And then going to the guys you like more and raising them up, pushing others down based on like your playing time projections or your optimism. Like 
you know, there's obviously I'm I'm rosier on Akil Badu's upside for his batting average. You Akil Badu? Yeah. No. Yeah, I know. I know it's weird. I, I don't try to share my biases on the show all the time, and I I mean I'm known for my integrity, if nothing else. Uh, but yeah, I mean Akil Badu is it's a slight bias. I'll admit it. But um, I'm gonna be rosier, so I, I move him up. But I start with the project. I start with the projection because I want to know like okay. Well, where, where can I anchor myself? Where can I, where's my starting point? Where's reality? And then where can I distort it to, to my own, you know, and, and play with it to my own creation? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're at the 15th ranked uh, catcher and I'm going to have to make a confession to you that it's Gary Sanchez and we've railed on him on this show. Oh, that Gary is scary. And he's deserved it. But you know what? I ended up drafting him. <laughs> I'm doing a Raz Slam uh, league, and it's, uh, you know, a best ball uh, league. And it's got this weird scoring system. You know, it's a, first of all, it's a two-catcher league. It's a, a best ball scoring with uh, uh, extra weight put on home runs and stolen bases. I mean, you get six points per home run and five points per stolen base. So, uh, you know. Sanchez, according to ATC, is projected to hit 23 home runs. It doesn't matter that he's going to be batting 199 or whatnot. You know, the home runs kind of, you know, make up for it. And I waited on on catcher. And like I said, it's a two-catcher league. So I, I feel, you know, I, I've been railing on him, uh, you know, since we've been doing this podcast. But I, I felt I had to come clean on this one and confess. You You sound like someone who's trying to explain to me, like, why – it wasn't really that they got ripped off when they got a timeshare because they really have been meaning to go to the Smoky Mountains more often. And um, well, and, and in this last year, you've had more free time because you've been able to work from home more and really appreciate Like I can hear you like rationalizing to yourself. Yeah, why yeah. You, did this. you don't have to do this yourself, Joe. This game can be fun yeah. and, and it can be fun because you don't have to do this yourself. Like, look, yes, you can dream about the 30 home run power. Like, and you're probably like, well, why do you like, like, why does Mike Zanino get to be up there? Because I'm not worried that Mike Zanino is going to get benched for a week because of the boo birds, mm. right? Like nobody's watching Tampa. He can be awful. No one cares. Right. Right. Like it'll just be him in the trap with like the, the, which feels like a shopping mall with like a weird kids play area in the middle. Right. Right. Like <laughs> I hate the trap, but <laughs> Well, the reason why I really even brought it up too is just to, to even just to extenuate the fact that depending you on the tracking before you even made the pick, Joe. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But but de- depending on the scoring system, it might make a, a play. No, it might make a player that you wouldn't dream about drafting, right? Uh, viable, you know. So that's it. That's yeah, all I have really to say. Think about it. Hitting 200 is not all that bad. There's all kinds of things I couldn't do if I only had five. Well, we're not tracking batting average in this league. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, these leagues. I'm in all these leagues that don't have any batting average. Yeah, I'm in yeah. this home runs only league. Mm-hmm. Yep. And all the teams can only have stripes. Yeah, really limits the player pool. <laughs> <laughs> Vertical stripe. Vertical stripes. And they get extra point for lunging at pitches outside of the strike zone and looking silly at the plate. That's yeah. another uh, stat. Yeah, in this yeah, league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Swings, you know, swings and misses is a stat, a positive one. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so, but you know, we can we can sort of breeze through the rest of this year. Like, uh, yes. the rest of your, th- I mean, Ilias Diaz is is the end of the tier three. And like, I'm not going to sit here and say it's because I saw something great in the numbers. It's because he looks like he'll be starting for the Colorado Rockies, and that means he's going to be on our streamer list about yeah. you know every you know twice you know every two out of four weeks because they'll mm-hmm. be at home. Uh, and they'll be doing a home a home, and he'll he'll be worth streaming in those probably, right? Even if he's pretty bad, because it's Colorado, and that's pretty good. So, other names that you'll recognize that are down here, if you really want to take a swing for the fences, Austin Nola has shown us that he can be a good contact guy if he gets enough plate appearances. And it's not as though San Diego has like this great like great system of catchers that need to need to do a thing. They got rid of Mejia for a reason, right? They don't care. Right. Um, so I actually like know, Nola, man. I, yeah, I do too. I mean, his strikeout rate's gone down three years in a row, 162 game average, 17 home runs, 78 RBI. And like you said, who's behind them? Victor Caratini and Jorge Alfaro. So I think yeah. he plays. Guys that got cut by bad teams. Yeah. Right? Like these are not building blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no offense. I mean, they're good backup catchers, but they're good backup catchers. Um, where 
Nola has the opportunity to be a good starting catcher. But again, these are not guys you have to draft, or even if you do, it's because they have a good, like, you look at the schedule and you think it's a good first week, right? Like, you're, we're deep in streaming territory here, but at least some of these guys have upside. Sean Murphy, there's power there. He just hasn't been able to put it together that well. Um, and, you know, Oakland is this big cavernous dungeon to hit in, so so that's difficult. Um, Carson Kelly uh, has shown flashes. I mean, he had this streak uh, last season where he was a really, really, really fine-hitting catcher, and then he yes. got hurt and then lost it all. Uh, and, of course, Dalton Varsho will be there, although – uh, I do think Carson Kelly's the primary catcher there. I think Dalton Varsho plays enough between catcher and outfield to be a regular, but cars, but have Carson Kelly still be the, the main catcher. Joey Bart uh, is, you know, sort of the bottom of tier four. I like him. He had a terrible debut last season for the giants, but he is the catcher of the future. There's a reason that Buster Posey uh, is able to sail off into the sunset. because I do think they like Joey Bart. I think that, there's an opportunity here for him to really do something. And it's great that you don't have to draft him to find out if he can live up to any of that potential. Yeah. Another hit tool guy. And I like those High, highly regarded prospect, uh, 287, 348, 520, uh, 527 minor league triple slash. Uh, like you said, just did really bad in his initial uh, foray into the big leagues, had a 37% K rate in 2020. Yeah. And look, it's, Catching is hard. Hitting yeah. is hard. Doing both is harder. You Catchers don't just hit, this, hit the ground running. There's a reason why, like, Keeper Ruiz is a guy that we're like, yeah, he has a good hit tool, but uh, catching for a full season for the first time is hard. Yeah. So Yeah, I wouldn't give up on Bart. He's got, a like you said, a good hit tool. And, uh, yeah, optimistically, to me, his ceiling, and it might not happen this year because he's just got to get, you know, that, those strikeouts, uh, you know, squared away but 272 low 20s that could be what he is going you know not maybe not this season but that's his ceiling i think no sure why not man why not <laughs> he's fine <laughs> yeah, it's hard. i mean catcher catcher's really hard to project but i mean I, I think that there's a reality where um his well you know his hit tools eh, not great but like I, I i apologize i didn't mean his hit tool his power he's got power he can really sting the ball when when he stings it Mm -hmm. uh, but he even did struggle with strikeouts a bit in the minor leagues. It'll be an adjustment he has to make. Uh, it, it, again, it's good that we don't have to pay for it now, but there's this upside. It yep. Maybe as early as this season, uh, maybe not until a little later, where he's just as good as any of the tier three guys, right? Like we could see that happen. Um, and the beauty of it is, again, you don't have to pay for it at all. You can just watch listing. And, and that's all I do, especially if you're like a Giants fan or something that's fun for you. Just, just do that. Just watch list him. You don't have to draft him don't draft him in a single catcher league not necessary correct right he's the second catcher Agreed. at best mm -hmm. so don't but you know something just to keep an eye on like we don't even really have to talk about tier five they're really like there's a couple well, names two guys there. i want to talk about in tier five well, Adley rutschman fine yeah yeah uh which so which which in, I, i'll tell you i mean you really you know ranked him low compared to uh NFBC and fantasy pros uh, consensus. What don't you like about him? Just that he hasn't played a, a lick, uh, an inning of uh, major league ball. And I don't know how many chances he'll get to do it. I think he plays. I think he plays this year. I don't know if he starts the season, but I think, you know, maybe five, if it's a six month season, like, you know, hopefully they play a full season. I think he's up for five of the six months. You don't think so? I mean, they've Even waited I... a long time now. He's 23 years old. What are they waiting for? The Orioles four. Twenty-two days. Okay. Yeah. Do your research. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy no. birthday Adley. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, so, technically he's still twenty-three. Look, so by projections, like there's a very good chance that he could be again as good as anyone in tier three. But again, and he he hit really well in AAA last season. Uh, I also don't, and he's you know he's uh, he's excellent with the glove. That means that obviously like that's that's I mean he's a you mean he can catch the ball when the pitcher throws it to him. Every time. Okay. Uh, every time. Yeah. Even if it moves a little. Yeah. They Whoa. throw like a little. Yeah. They, they I didn't know he was that good. Put a little English on it. He'll, uh, he'll still pick up. You guys can't see on the, the joke and I'm waving my arms like a lunatic. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So like, there's a, there's obviously a very good bat here, but in a 10, again, I'm focusing on the, the 10 to 12 team single catcher league. Don't draft him. Like you don't have room on your bench for a prospect. 
You don't have room on your bench for a second catcher. You sure as heck don't have room on your bench for a prospect who could end up being a second catcher. Right? You just not like in dynasty and two catcher leagues, all I mean, totally different analysis. This is an incredibly exciting kid. This is something that like you know, I, I had his baseball card for a while and I and I sold it to get some more Tigers ones, but I was sad to see it go. There's a huge upside here. This is made a, a profit on it, I hope. I did. I did. Good. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice little nice little card. Uh but like huge fan of everything he can do, but in a ten to twelve team two catcher league, it just doesn't matter. It, it just doesn't. You don't need to draft it and don't. It, it it doesn't help you. If anything, put him on your watch list or something, right? Or if your league has an NA spot, sure, sure, he can be. He if he's your one prospect, you can have him as your one prospect. I wouldn't recommend it necessarily, but you can, uh, because in a single catcher league, catchers just aren't worth that much. And if you really want one, you can trade for one because people will always be selling. Uh, the ones that are over 30, every dynasty team that's trying to rebuild, what what are they trying to sell right now? JT Real Muto, Sal Perez, right? Like you can always get a good catcher, sort of like closers that way. Mm-hmm. So again, totally different analysis, but for these leagues, he just, he needs so much to go right to be a back-end starting catcher this season. All right. Uh, one other guy in, in this tier I'll just mention and uh, I'll, get your input on is uh seattle uh mariners catcher luis torrens uh, now again i agree with you he's not a guy that you're gonna draft in a one catcher league but definitely i think somebody that should be on your watch list and definitely uh should be considered in deeper two catcher leagues like a, you know the 15 teamer two catcher league that we're uh, involved in uh 15 home runs 47 rbi and 346 at bats last season yeah, it's cool. Uh, <laughs> You're not impressed, huh? No. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, yeah, he was he was someone that you know we even talked about a little bit last year in like the batter's box as like a as a good streamer, mm-hmm. uh, a catcher from time to time, and that's what these guys are for the most part down here. Like Tucker Barnhart is and Jacob Stallings are guys that are probably more like they're more like AL and NL only league guys because they play, but there's no real upside. Whereas mm-hmm. others might be like sort of streamable. Luis Torrens is a guy who has enough like tools to be streamable. James McCann could get on a little hot streak or find yeah. some soft lefties and, and really do some damage where he could be streamable, ranked him 22nd, you know, in this tier five. But that's what this is a mix of. It's guys that play every day and guys that sometimes get a little hot and move the needle for a week or two. Last guy I'll ask you about, Eric Haas. Catcher, outfield eligible, 22 home runs and 351 Don't say that I didn't do this fairly, Joe. I put my, I didn't even rank my own guy. Didn't even rank him. Didn't even rank him. Go on. Go tell me how humble I am, Joe. Please. You are very, you are very humble, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I actually picked him as my third catcher in the, the uh, uh, Raz Slam where we start two catchers. Um what do you think about his playing time this year? Is he going to get enough at-bats in that outfield? I mean, I, I think Tucker Barnhart, uh, based on, what, his pitch framing and defense, he's probably going to get a lot of the at-bats. But how much playing time does Eric Haas get? Do you think he could repeat the 20-plus home run performance? Absolutely not, no. You um, say no? <laughs> I think really? he could. Mm-hmm. I think he could, but I, I do okay. think it's unlikely. I mean, his contact really was up and down. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's... And this is not like a prospect. I mean, this is this is an older guy. He was a great find. He was a, you know, a twenty nine or thirty year old journeyman minor league catcher. Uh, they got him from the you know artist formerly known or now known as the Guardians. And uh, again, and there's some cool stuff there. But he is two catcher and only league valuable only. Right, he has right. no relevance elsewhere except for maybe a hot streak where. He gets some soft pitching, right? Like he gets to face a bunch of Royals guys you've never heard of or something and a bullpen day, mm-hmm. like then maybe, right? Like you might stream him, but there's just not enough there. And and there's there's some there's some bats coming up in uh in Detroit you might have heard of that are that are gonna be pushing Riley for that Green. time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh so you know, there's there's a lot of guys I'd rather see playing in those corner outfield spots than than Eric Haas necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh so he's He's just not someone you really have to have to care about. And, he and gets I mean, squeezed out, huh? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if I, you know, if someone were saying like, oh, who's the guy, you know, out here that could finish in tier, you know, tier two, I'd say none. But uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> is there, is there a reality where, God, who, who would it even be? 
obviously Adley Rushman's the only one really, but I mean, I rank him in a place that really means I'm not drafting him other than him. Uh, I mean, James McCann is probably the one who I think has a realistic shot. Who's in tier five that could bounce up into like tier three, but again, needs a lot of things to go right. But you know, when he's in a groove, he can, he's a righty that can sting the ball against lefties and is good enough behind the plate to play most days. Hmm. He had that Mets curse, though. <laughs> yeah, he uh, went he's to the Mets. He's got to deal with just... James McCann first, and then he can yeah. worry about whatever James, you know, whatever Mets curse he's got. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, if nothing else, he is, you know, he's a handsome guy. He's, mm. you know, <laughs> I like the cut of his jib. That's about <laughs> as good as it gets when you start talking about his tier of catcher. There you go. All right. So, um, yeah, uh, done with talking about catchers. You, you made it through the episode. How about that? Yeah. Um, you know, there's no there's no I in team, but unfortunately for fantasy, there is a C. And <laughs> you have to have one, and mm-hmm. I guess you can have one of these guys. Uh, hey, so, so I talked about real quick before we leave. Uh, TGFBI started today, February 28th. Uh, where do you, where are you picking from and what have you? Uh, well, it's actually my pick right now. Oh, you, is this the first time that you're making a pick? No, no. This is my third pick, I think. Wow. So uh, we're only in the fourth pick of the second round. I, I have the fourth pick overall and I took uh, Juan Soto. Not bad. Yeah. Birdie can hit. Yeah, I Birdie think so. Yeah, yeah. So who'd you take at 12? Some of the three players you took. Remember, uh, 15 team league, two catcher league. Um, who'd you take so far? Let me tell you as I go to my team. You don't remember? I've been paying so much attention today. Uh, no, so my first pick was Shohei Otani because I'm not, you know, if I get to pick my favorite player and it's a reasonable spot to do so, I'm going to do it every time. Um, Fun player um, to roster. You said yeah, it at 12, yes, I right? Get it. it's, I get it. I know it's weekly. I, mm-hmm. I know that, but like, even if I start him as a hitter every week, are you telling me you don't think he can be the number eight overall player? I'm not saying, I'm not telling you he can't. Mean, <laughs> you just did. Yeah. <laughs> Hands down MVP, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, he can do amazing things. So, and then on the way back, I got uh, Mike Trout. On I've Yogi heard of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, you know, I got a little, you, you know, know, he's not going to steal bases, you know, uh, I don't know why you bothered with him. Oh yeah, I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So I double dipped a little, mm-hmm. um, but I also may have the two best players, you know, of the modern era mm-hmm. uh, on my fantasy team. So that works. You well, know what happens think? if the Angels get shut out? Then, you know, um, those two guys aren't going to do anything for you. Oh, you just rage quit. You just <laughs> Yeah, you just turn it off. <laughs> I, yeah, I've been watching the online gaming guys, and I think that's mm. what that's what you do oh, okay. uh, in those in those moments. <laughs> right. Oh, I should probably make. I'm, oh, my gosh. I'm I'm up. Um. I got to make a pick. I got nobody in my queue. Oh, my God. I'm All right. Why, why don't we say goodbye? And then you could uh, unless you, you want to make the pick live on air. Right. I'm over. I'm overstimulated, Joe. We got to go. OK. All right. So uh, <laughs> what are we doing next time? We got it with the part one of outfielders or something. We can't do outfielders in, in, in one mega show. Right. We're going to have to, uh, you know, we'll get do through it as in, many as we can. Yeah. Yeah. And but hopefully we'll, we'll, hopefully yeah. there'll be an agreement in place by next show. Yeah, maybe we'll be able to have talk about like days that people might play baseball. There you go. Okay. Anything uh, can Mar- happen. Yeah, March ninth is uh, when our next episode is going to drop, and uh, don't forget to follow me at Joe Galina. Follow him. He's Scott Chu, and you follow him at If the Chew Fits. You can follow the podcast Hacks and Jacks PL. That's at Hacks and Jacks PL. Subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a nice review. As always. We hope that all of your fantasies become realities, and we'll see you next time.